This is episode number 81 on the Herpreneur Show. Today, I bring you Pam Brook, the co-founder of Brook Farm. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. One of my most favorite things to hear is when I'm working with a female entrepreneur and I hear about how she gets the idea for her business. Sometimes it is that instant knowing. It might be the waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and they're doing crazy mad notes and they've got this business idea. Sometimes it's been, you know, a burning desire for years and years and years. And then sometimes out of the blue, it's something crazy. Like today, we're going to hear with Pam Brook, the one decision that just shaped her whole life for the next 20 years. Oh, it totally blew me away. Speaking of female entrepreneurs, tomorrow I'm going to be my absolute prime. We have our very first women's only convert event. Yes, we have partnered with this absolutely gorgeous networking group in Perth. It's one of the largest small business networking groups called Fusion. And we are putting on our Convert event, a ladies only sales event. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be walking through the reverse selling system. They're going to learn how to do things online and offline just to be able to help them reverse the sale and take the ickiness out of sales and help them bring good revenue in. Cannot wait. Just a reminder about the Herpreneur Pen giveaway. This is our way to say thank you to you. They are gorgeous. My goodness. How do you get it? It is you supporting the show. Going on to iTunes, Stitcher, however you listen to the show, there's an area there for you to be able to rate and review. It helps us to boost the ratings, helps us boost the subscription. It helps us get our message out there. It takes a team to get this out twice a week. I'm telling you, it is a labor of love and we love to feel the love and send the love back. So once you've written your review, all you've got to do is contact us, let us know where you actually put that review and give us your mailing address so we can put this beautiful pen in the post and send it to you and you can show off and get compliments for today's their Shirovsky crystal. They're white, they're gorgeous. The Herpreneur Show is brought to you by Convert Club. That is mine and my husband's beautiful program where we put entrepreneurs through it to help you learn how to reverse the sale. Take the ickiness away of selling, but get your revenue pumping. If you want to find out more, all you're going to do is reach out to me and we can see if it's a fit for you. Let's get into the show with Pam Brook. She is the co-founder of Brook Farm, which was established with her husband, Martin Brook, in 1999. Today, Brook Farm is known as Australia's leading producer in gourmet macadamia products. Pam is an interesting woman. My goodness. She has won Australian Telstra Business of the Year Award, the big one, the Premier Award for Environmental Innovation. She has won many Premier Awards with environmental, agriculture, rural, plus she is a judge and has been a judge for the past six years for the Telstra Business Awards. We dive into that to give you some updates, ideas, and things to look at if you want to start going for awards. Not only that, she's a firefighter, and before she started this entrepreneurial journey, she was actually a dentist. 
A woman with many different layers like an onion. I love it. If you want to find out more about Brook Farm or also her brand new release of Puffcorn, scroll below. There's a heap of links there you can go through and find out more. Enjoy today's interview, Pam Brook from Brook Farm. Where in this beautiful country of Australia are you in at the moment? So uh, we live on our farm, which is on the crest of the ridge that overlooks Byron Bay. So uh, we look out towards the mountains and then we're surrounded by rainforest around our house that we've planted oh, probably about uh, 15 years ago or so. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Do you go for walks out there and just connect with the earth a lot? I do, just to find a peaceful place. Yes, mm, or talk to the neighbours. There's not many. It's a country road. <laughs> uh, do you have any animals on your property? I know, obviously, you've got the macadamia farm, but is there is there any animals oh, lots there? Of wildlife. It... We've, mm-hmm. Lots of wildlife. We've got uh, koalas and echidnas, uh, oh, gosh. quite a few wallabies, lots of snakes, um, but they do a good job. And... Um, we have a new dog as well that's about four months old at the moment that is making life oh. interesting for us. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like having a newborn all over again, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Now, Pam, you have such an incredible history of the past 20 years in business, um, now actually for the last six years, judging on uh, Telstra Business Awards. I would love to know that what was the evolution of you to really bring you to, and let's go back 20 years, what was the evolution of Pam Brook before actually Brook Farm came along? Can you give us a bit of an insight? Um, So I grew up in Melbourne and um, my dad was actually in the rag trade. So, you know, I grew up surrounded by the clothing industry and which was, everything was made in Australia in those days, um, which was unusual. And yeah. um, then I veered towards dentistry when I was studying. I was good at sciences and maths and um, I had a very happy dentist and I thought, that sounds a good career. And it was a great career for a woman. So I did that for... Oh, nearly 25 years, had my own practice and really loved it, really loved it. But then there was a time where it was like I've reached the peak of what I can do and it was either more study or what are we going to do and it was that sort of life-changing moment and Martin, my better half, and I, we um, decided that we wanted to do something different and there was a slightly drunken dinner party one night with some good friends where we might have uh, spun one person with a blindfold on and said we're going to move somewhere to live in the country and all the friends are going to move together. Where are we going to go? And we stuck a pin in a map. And (laughs) this is true. (laughs) Oh, it's really wise, well-thought-out business decisions. And it landed up in a place called Evans Head, which none of us had heard of. And someone said, oh, Byron Bay's near there. And we hadn't really heard of Byron Bay back in the 80s, late 80s. Anyway, we drove up here for a holiday and thought, you know, three couples, let's go buy some land and get away from the rat race. 
And in the end, we bought, um, between us, we bought this farm and that, that we live on now, but um, that was in 89.90 and we actually bought it sight unseen, which is another great business decision. Wow. But I call it, sort of call it destiny, I think. Um, and then in the early 90s came the so-called recession that we had to have. And so instead of us being able to afford to move up here, um, and we'd started planting macadamias because we had friends who knew in the area who knew about macadamia farming, all of a sudden we were stuck in Melbourne just struggling to survive with interest rates at uh, 23%. Mm. So it was, you know, crazy oh times. We were working were seven, days, at the time, seven days a week. What have we done? <laughs> well, we were thinking things were looking game. tight. Uh, we were thinking things were looking tight, so all our lives changed. Mm. But so we hung on and we just worked our way out of it over 10 years. And then after 10 years of being macadamia farmers at a distance, and we'd drive up here and visit this farm, which didn't have a house on it, three or four times a year with the kids. And over that time, we realised no one was valuating to macadamias. We were all being sent overseas for other people to do clever things with. And we mm -hmm. thought, well, you know, let's, let's go into the food industry. I can cook. Um, you know, surely we don't need many more skills than that. Again, very naive. Um, <laughs> Martin was in sales and marketing or, you know, he was in film and video actually, but so he did mm -hmm. the sales and marketing side and I did the product development side and Brook Farm was born in, um, started the concept in January 99 and we went to market at the local farmers markets in November 2000. Wow. And the rest is sort of history. Gosh. So what was that first couple of years like? Were you, were you thinking as big as where you are now, um, being a manufacturer, so many different products now, or were you really just thinking of just of like a, a bit of a side hustle and going to the, the, the farms? What was the thoughts back then of the direction you wanted to build this? Um, I think we sort of took that the philosophy that life's a bit of a journey. So we really wanted to to do the best that we could. So I was working part-time in dentistry and Martin was working full-time on the business. And then after two years, there's that point where they say you either know you've got a business or you don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after two years, we knew that I could give up dentistry and go full-time into the food business if we were going to go and make it work. So you were still so, doing dentistry at this stage. You were you were still in. I was just doing stage? part part time. Yeah, at this stage, just in, right. in Byron and in yeah. Byron. Mm -hmm. mm. And we moved up here. We moved up here in January '99 to to live and um, you know start building a house and do all of those things. Mm. And um, wrenched the kids out of schools in Melbourne, and they were about eight and eleven when we moved up here. So. It was quite a big shift for the family. Yeah, but was that a hard decision to be able to to do that to really up level everyone and, and take them with you? Like, was it something that was you know quite a big decision to make, a hard decision to make, or did you find like just the the, the compass was put in the right direction? You just went, no, nah, let's just do it. I think it was let's do it. Let's say the eleven year old wasn't too happy. The eight year old mm -hmm. was pretty cruisy. Um, yeah. 
But then as soon as, once we got him into school and he made some friends, it took about a month or so, then he was fine. And I mm. think the testament that it's the right, was the right thing to do is that they still both live and work uh, work around here now. So, you know, yeah. they both work in the family business, but mm -hmm. that's by choice, not because they were forced to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, no, it was really, we felt that it was the right move. Yeah. At yeah. what stage did you want to up the game and go, okay, this is it? Like, I know you were saying, no, there's a saying after two years, you know, you've got a business or, or, or you don't. What was the runs on the board or what was that time or the moment where you decided to go, yeah, let's do it, let's fully commit, let's, let's play this full out? I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that we've always done in business is we've, we always look, look to the limits of, of what we can do. It's, you know, there's always, you always want to push the boundaries as, as much as you can that fit with the the culture of the company and the food business in Australia, we were tiny. So there was always massive growth for, for us to achieve. It was just a question of learning the steps along the way. So um, there was never a limit put on what that might look like. It was like, just what can we actually achieve in a year? What can we set out to do that mm -hmm. will keep the balance in our family life, um, push the boundaries and, and create a really quality product that we were really proud of. Mm. So it, we didn't want to compromise. We wanted to make um, really healthy, healthy food, but it had to taste delicious. So we had to get the manufacturing right. We tried outsourcing that, but that didn't work and really realized we had to manufacture in-house. Wow. And uh, that was really great because it really cemented us in the area because in a rural region, if you can bring manufacturing and create jobs in a region, that makes such a difference to the local community. So for us, it wasn't just a benefit for us, it was a benefit for the people who came and worked for us. Mm, absolutely. You would have seen such a big change in how to market from 20 years ago <laughs> to now. What are some of the things that you think are still the same? Uh, would it be like negotiations? Like what things do you still think like this is a skill that you have groomed over 20 years and that, that just has not changed to help you guys continually grow and to be in the forefront? I think um, building trusted relationships is mm -hmm. something that I don't think that ever changes. Mm -hmm. um, building trusted relationships with with buyers and trusted relationships with the consumers who buy your product so that you can for the consumer you have to consistently deliver quality for the buyer in uh, for the buyer just building up that relationship so that we really understand what they want mm. and we can and we clearly you know over we don't over promise and under deliver you're better to you know, over over deliver on on what you say. Don't um, don't promise yeah. everything and 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 not deliver what you're going to. So, I think that was the most important thing is really being excelling at service, excelling at quality, and just being really human, being really honest that they really trusted us and yeah. and they really bought into what we were doing, 
as well as us buying into what they were about too. Because mm. so, you know mm. these days, Pam, it's, it's like it's full circle. If you look at businesses, say, 1940s, it was all quite small businesses and everyone sort of knew each other's businesses. Business, you know, personally, professionally, like everyone would know everything. If you were in a community and something happened, everyone would know. And then mm. sort of 60s and 70s um, and 80s, it's, you know, everyone's sort of free and you can do whatever. But now because we've got the internet, you can sniff out. It's sort of like that you've gone back again to everyone can know your own business. And I think now what you're saying about that trust, that trust has never changed. But I think trust is even so much more important now when it comes to your, your business because it can be out there in social media and not till, you know, they say an angry customer till three people. <laughs> you know, these days, these days now it's like, you know, 10,000. Um, it, it's quite interesting that, that that full circle has really come around. And I'm in Perth now, so I've moved from Sydney to Perth. And I do notice now it's a lot of collaboration with businesses, even though, you know, it's a big piece of land, but there's a lot less people here. So um, that collaboration and, and being there to help each other, I can really see the difference here. Um, you know, I've only been here for a year, but um, there is that, that real feel of, not that it is a small town, but it's a smaller town feel here, of that, that mm. collaboration and support. I would love to know, how do you, how, how did you, because you've got women listening that they've got their products, they're wanting to get into stores, what are some tips that you could give them that really worked for you to be able to um, get your product into stores into hands of other other suppliers? I think, look, one of the most like you can get advice from others, and if you know others in you know the product that's in store, and you can get advice and talk to them, but nothing beats what you have to really do is do your own homework. Um, mm -hmm. You really have to understand a couple of really good fundamentals first of all about your product you know you really need to price understand how you price it um, don't just price it because someone tells you it should price at x point you know you have to look at your cost of goods and what how many of them you're going to sell and and how you're going to whether you're going to distribute it or go direct and I think understanding the finances is important even if it's hard just get advice if it's not yeah. your expertise, then I think ask someone who does have the expertise who's willing to assist and um, be effective. And the mm. other thing is to really, it's not all about you. It's about your customer too. And you really need to put yourself in the customer's shoes as to why should they buy from you. If you just go in and tell them I'm the best thing since sliced bread, well, that's great, but everybody else is telling them that too. So... What are you going to do for them? How are you going to, how's your product going to help them? It might be that it fills a niche in their store. It might be that you think it will sell through faster than others. It's going to be, you know, it's got more growth and opportunity. It's got more benefit for them. So really put yourself in the thinking of your customer's shoes, but make sure you've done your homework before you approach them. Understand what they're about mm. too. So yeah. There's, there's no shortcuts. I think you really have to understand your product, your pricing, and understand who your customer is too. 
That's, mm. um, and that takes time and you're always learning. Like you and that's such a, yeah, and that's such a compliment as well when you actually do go in and you do know you've done your research, you've done your due diligence. So when you go there, you're actually talking from a place that you are there to serve and collaborate. Um, I think that's a great piece of advice. Now you have, you've actually, Brook Farm actually won Australian Telstra Business of the Year 2007. Yep. You've won many premium awards. You actually have been a judge for Telstra Business Awards for the past six years. What would be some advice that you could give to some of the women? Let's just say you've got some women there that they've been in business for a while and, and they're ready to, to take it to the next level. They know that their business has a fair bit of you know, juice behind it now. They've got the numbers. They're really, um, you know, really want to step up. Some advice you could give them about going for awards or putting their business forward to really, you know, get them on the map and really play it a bigger game. I think going for awards, when we entered the Telstra Business Award, it was the first awards that we ever sort of entered. Mm. Um, and we entered because we'd heard that it was a really great award to teach you about your business. And I think if you choose the right awards, they do. You really learn a lot more. It gives you a lot of insight into business because they ask you questions about your business yeah. that you might not have thought of before. Mm -hmm. And it makes you delve into every aspect of your business, your culture, your employees, your finances, your sustainability, um, so many things that create the true balance of your business. You know, your your plans for the future, what you, how you've, built your base and what your plans are. Are they realistic? Are they pie in the sky? You know, how can you, um, you need to put, um, you know, the walk, walk the walk, not talk the talk. And so yes. the awards ceremony, the, the, not the awards ceremonies, the awards process is a really good one. I found that Telstra Business Award was one of the most rigorous. And mm -hmm. that, was, that was really good. So... Choose an awards process that's quite um, so the first rigorous. one we went for was the... <laughs> the first one we went for was that. Yeah. And <laughs> like, welcome to the world of awards. And it is. There's so much reconnaissance that you have to do on your business. I definitely... So much homework to do on your business. So much. Yeah. Gosh. Tell and me... You, meet, um, you also meet great people during that process too. We've met, you know, lifelong business friends during that process. And that has helped us along the way. So it's not just the entering, it's the people you meet along the way too. Mm. Tell me, what was it like, the, the build-up towards those awards? Did you actually think that you really had a, a chance? Was there a time when you thought, oh, gosh, like, I don't think we're going to get this? Or did you feel like you, you had some pretty good um, backing behind you? And Look, I could answer pretty much all these questions really well and... We've got enough there to put forward to actually show that we're legitimately <laughs> running this business like this. But what was the what was the feeling like in the build up? Oh, we um, we had no idea. We had no idea. So we oh, we wow. we actually so for the state awards because you get into the national awards with the state awards, and for the state awards, we were overseas in England, and um, so <laughs> you know our head of sales. Uh, Caroline at that time she went along with one other and we said look 
don't worry, we're not going to win anything. Just, you know, have a good time, girls. You know, really celebrate <laughs> the fact we made them. this that far. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, anyway, they won and we got this phone call and it was like, what do we do? I said, you've got to make a speech, you know. <laughs> and um, wow. they were hilarious. They were great, but so excited. So then we got to the Nationals. And again, you know, we were a tiny, tiny company. I think we had 17 employees at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, based in Byron Bay, up against all these businesses from all over the place. And again, we had no, we had no idea, but we took all our, you know, a whole lot of staff with us. We had a great night. And we were like, look, we're here to enjoy this, just to celebrate the fact that we've got here. And um, so we did not expect to win. But when wow. we did like, whoa. <laughs> so they now don't we tell you. <laughs> so you know in school when your kiddies go to get an award and they normally tell the parents the week before so you can be there for the assembly. You had no idea. No, no, no one tells you. No one oh tells you. Oh my gosh! No what? one even gave us a wink or a be... nudge. It's they're very, uh, very <laughs> diligent. <laughs> so there was a few champagnes running around. It was oh, um, it I was a hell imagine. of a night, and uh, we wow. did party for the rest of the night together. <laughs> oh gosh! Look, you were pe- you were CEO for Brook Farm. Um, up until 2018, and then you handed over the CEO position to your son, to Will. Yes. Yeah. At what stage did you feel like that was the right time to do it? What was going on for you to feel like, okay, now it's time to hand it over to the son and do some extra stuff? Like, what was going on for you back then? Well, he'd worked in the business. He really had a passion for the business, and he'd come in and worked from the ground up. He started um, with a broom on the factory floor. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, Martin and I intentionally didn't manage him. We really wanted him, if he was going to head up through the company, he had to do it through his own determination. And he just succeeded at every level. And I was starting to get involved in a lot of other things outside, you know, Northern Rivers Food, which is a food industry group that we have here. And, um, he just had that time, that attention to detail and that energy that we really felt that the business needed. And it was, you know, at one stage we thought, does he need to do an MBA before he's ready for this and whatever? And one day he said, you know, I think I'm ready. And wow. we're like, well, let's do this because he had an energy that I didn't have as much and I know when we started the business you need that energy and that drive mm-hmm. uh, to do that and he mm-hmm. was going to then take us to the next level in his way so yeah. it wasn't necessarily going to be the way that Martin and I would have done it it would be his way but he was so also so ingrained in the company culture and the and the family business, but also given his own freedom too. He he was really loved. He's really loved by the people he works with. He has great respect from by them, and he really really supports mm. the team that he works with and has built a great team. So um, I felt he was really ready, and we both did. Yeah, yeah. That must be such a great feeling, though, right? Oh, it's great. You know, I've had my series of tellings off since then. And, um, you know, (laughs) it's the great thing about a family business, but it's really good. 
it's really yeah. good because I have to, you know, it's it's his turn to take it in his direction. Mm. So I can put my input in, but it doesn't always have to be listened to. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, I did a business mastery with Anthony Robbins many years ago in Fiji, and I remember him showing the lifespan of the business and he talks about, you know, the birth of it, the toddler stage, the teenage stage, and he talks about it in life years. And then he says, then, you know, the business gets to the peak, but sometimes when they get to the peak, then the people that are running it to get to there start to go into older age. And he said, and what needs to happen normally at this time is that when their energy is running low, which is exactly what you're saying, they need to bring that new blood in and they take it back to young adult stage again in the business. And he said that the energy of that that new mindset or that that exactly what you're saying about your your son, it's like they just go back into innovation again. Now I know that you're actually Absolutely. part of the innovation. You're part of the innovation team, so it's still you got the finger on the pulse. You're still doing stuff, which is amazing. But I'd love to know how do you do everything else? You do the awards. You do. You're part of the um, chaired. Uh, you chaired Northern River Foods. Volunteer for the firefighters, um, that would have been just absolutely horrendous. What happened, what was it, just over a year ago now? How? Oh, well, I've only volunteered since, like, since all that, so this right. year would be interesting. But I thought, oh, yeah, time to step up. I have more time. Wow. But, um, well, well with COVID, it's that. been interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it's great to work from home in my product development kitchen at home. And look, Ian... Never to, I just don't think that I would ever want to stop learning. That mm. you, you need, I always, for me, I feel I need a, a purpose and, and something to do and, and achieve. I can't, um, stopping isn't an option. It would be stopping one thing to do something else. <laughs> and so something that's always engaging, something that's always interesting. And I think a lot of people do that, but just in, things sometimes that aren't recognised as much by others or whatever. But, um, yeah, having having time to um, um, explore this, yeah, 24 hours in a day, eight for sleeping, the rest for filling in, I guess. Mm. <laughs> and, and what for volunteering for firefighters, what did you have to do to become a volunteer? Was there training involved? Obviously, there'd have to be a fear factor to get over, like, God, I... <laughs> Oh, there's a, there's a, there's training involved. No, you have to do a full training and assessment and everything. And, um, Is look, it quite I haven't faced, uh, it's good. You have to be physically fit, which is good mm -hmm. because, um, that's a really good goal for me is to stay physically fit and mm -hmm. to have a reason to do that. And so that was also one of the reasons was to, you know, get, stay fit and make a make a, a contribution and mm. um, we have a couple of younger guys who work for us at Brook Farm and at Cape Byron Distillery and they were both in the RFS and I said oh are there any women there and he said oh yeah I said are there any older women there and they said yeah I said do you think I could join they said yeah and I thought nice yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it my god yeah and Look, it's a great group yeah that's just yeah absolutely fantastic I'd love to finish the show with a couple of questions and one of them actually is about physical activity um, but the first two questions is just a piece of advice I know you've given some great advice already um, for business owners 
I want you to think about just two different situations. I want you to imagine there's there's the the person that's starting out in business. She's starting out. Maybe it's a new lease in life. Maybe she's always been wanting to do it. There's a product she loves and she wants to get out in the world. But if you think about the startup stage, they're in the trenches. So could you give a piece of advice that you think would be really great for them to take on board for their first couple of years in business? Like something that you think this is something they really should be doing or knowing or some bit of inspiration from your own journey? I think um, there's lots of people who'll tell you you can't do it. Um, so talk to the people who can help you. Talk to the people who will be supportive. Collaborate and network with others who might be ahead of you in the game or at the same stage as you because that support from others is really important because no one can solve the problems within your business but you, but you need to take, you need to listen and listen to the right advice, look openly and honestly at your business, but be really determined. You know, sometimes people will put, you'll, there'll be roadblocks, but you, you can often find a way around them if you think laterally, but mm. sometimes uh, it's really important just to, Others will help you do that. So you're not an island and some people say, if I can't do it myself, it's not going to work. Well, if your talent isn't sales and marketing, but your talent is creating the product or something else, then get advice from someone who's good at the other things that you're not good yeah. at. You don't have to be good at everything, but be really determined and hang in there. If you thought it was a great idea, probably is. Be realistic, but uh, be determined. Don't, yeah, don't give up. Mm, fantastic. What about the woman? She's ready to expand. She's been in business for a while. She's ready to up-level. She's ready to play bigger. Piece of advice for her. Um, ready to expand, I think. Look, make sure you've got your finances right. You know, mm -hmm. the one thing you, you want to make sure is that you um, that you've dotted the I's and, and crossed the T's on your finances because you don't want, you want to enjoy the expansion. You don't want to be so stressed by the expansion that you think, mm -hmm. why did I ever do this? Yeah. And so make sure you've got your finances in place, a good business and make sure that you know your business inside out. And sometimes if you're getting advice from, you know, some people go to consultants for advice and then they just sort of take the consultant's word and don't really understand. I mean, you really need to understand what the consultant is talking about because some of them are just professional at giving advice that's not that helpful and you mm. really want to make sure that you understand <clears throat> what you're going to them for and if you're not happy with the advice, seek alternative advice. But make sure you understand all the layers of your business so that you're going to really enjoy the journey and be excited by it. Mm, that's great. And, do you and know, then, you uh, can, then you can take the risk. It's like I always think you should take risks, but it's a calculated risk. Mm, yeah. Janine Alice uh, from Boost Juice, when we interviewed her, she she actually said, um, just gone blank. Um, oh, that's what she said. She said when she was starting out and she was leasing the first time leasing storefronts she said she sat down with every single person every meeting every contract and she said she underlined every single thing asked 
every question because she wanted to know the ins and outs of everything. She was never embarrassed to ask and to say, I don't know. No. And because of that, that helped her business acumen to, you know, to, for the next year and for the next year because she was never scared in asking to say, I don't know what this means in this contract. I don't know what this means. Can you explain more? Um, and Absolutely. I love hearing that strength and the tenacity just to, to, to be at that forefront to, you know, now she's obviously, you know, the most incredible businesswoman, but to hear, you know, her first year and just, you know, bringing that first retail shop um, and, and doing exactly what you're saying, a great piece of advice. Pam, I would love to ask this final question ask it to all my guests what is the one thing that you do that some form of physical activity something that moves your body and gets you away from the business that you know if you were to do that it makes you the happiest version of you what would it be oh well in the past it was to go skiing and then I've done that Ooh. since the age of three but not possible right now with COVID mm -hmm. um so um just to be out there and to walk in to walk in the open air and just to have quiet time to myself sometimes is uh, just to have that time where you can just reflect on just the beauty of what's around you that's what i when mm. i'm out if i'm in the snow somewhere and there's just this way up in the wilds of Canada on the top of a mountain. It's just this wilderness and this peace. And I think it's really important to find a place where um, your mind can be quiet. Sometimes it just needs to just process everything without you having to forcefully think it through. Mm. And your body and your mind love you for that sometimes. It's, yeah. Yeah, I find a lot of the important. time, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I find that through just through walking, just through walking uh, on a country road or going for mm. a swim or exercise does that because you just focus on one thing and you're not allowed to. It doesn't let you focus on anything else. And That's right. um, if you can do it in a beautiful place, though, oh, that makes all the difference. Oh, love it. Thank you so much for your time today. Go and enjoy the walk in your farm. <laughs> <We'll do. laughs> beautiful go smell that beautiful fresh air and um, thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey and your knowledge um, to all the women the Herpreneur uh, listeners it's just been great to have you on the show and I wish them all the best and um, and uh, all the best in their lives cause, because unless you do it you'll never know so, so great. wish them the best of luck and uh, don't let anything stand in their way Love it. Thank you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. 
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.